It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. morning welcome to the great outdoors show charlie potter your host here on wgn radio and in just a moment you're going to hear a voice that you know so well and have listened to for so long and for all of you across farm country even though i've hosted this show now for 20 years it is the first time i have had the pleasure of having orion samuelson on the great outdoors show orion Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Well, thanks to you, and it's uh, great to finally meet the son of the man I worked with as uh, president of the Union Stockyards in Chicago. But here I am talking to his son. <laughs> and I guess, Orion, I can't, I can't help but laugh when you say that. The stockyards, of course, closed now almost 50 years ago. Right. Uh, 50 years ago. And the International Amphitheater, of course, where all the great stock shows were held for so long. I I grew up going to the stockyards, Orion, and doing something that you couldn't begin to conceive of today, shooting pigeons out of the pig pens at the stockyards. <laughs> really? So, and, of course, I grew up uh, working the stockyards every day from WGN because of the market reports uh, for the Midwest farmers that we did for decades, a couple of decades for me, and uh, I think probably uh, six or seven decades for WGN radio. But uh, I talked to your dad many times because we always were there for the International Livestock Show and the horse show. I spent every Thanksgiving at the Union Stockyards in Chicago from 1960 until about 19, what, 67? Or maybe longer than that. So a uh, long connection with your father. Well, Orion, it's, it's so great to have you on the air. And I grew up you know, in farm country, and I grew up with agriculture. And so what I wanted to do, Orion, was today do kind of something fun. You, you have been the voice of agriculture, you and, and Max, of course, for, for a long time. Um, and you always talk about agriculture. And it strikes me that landowners, farmers, don't get enough credit for being the great stewards of the land they are as far as trying to help us have clean water, abundant wildlife. There's no farmer I've ever met, and you've met a lot more than I have, who ever intentionally hurt their land because if they did, it's going to hurt their living. So I'm going to ask you a question, though. In all your travels, talking with farmers, it strikes me that the biggest impediment that farmers face is that society is not willing to value what they need to do to have wildlife and clean water, and a farmer has to make a living. And so without valuing that, how do you give up cropland and space for something that does society good when you have to put food on your table? Well, I think the attitude of every farmer I have known and interviewed over the years is that they're only here 
for a while and they have to leave the land and the, the soil better than it was when they took it over. And that's a strong feeling that they do have because they don't realize that about 2% of the population of the United States is involved in direct agriculture where they produce food, where they produce meat, and uh, the other products that we tend to take for granted. I've said over the decades, if you eat, you're involved in agriculture because I've had a lot of people and listeners in Chicago who have asked the question, why in the city do we have to talk about the price of frozen pork bellies, cattle or hogs or wheat or corn? Well, because that's how we stay alive in this country and in the world because American farmers today uh, can feed about a hundred and forty people on this planet and it would be tough to get along without them. So if you're if you I've heard you say often, if you eat you're in agriculture and if you care about conservation and clean water and all the things we care about, you also have to care about agriculture because they're the stewards of the land, right, Orion? Indeed, they are the stewards of the land, and uh, everyone I've known has left it better than it was when he or she started farming because uh, they realize without the soil, without the rich soil that we have, particularly here in Illinois and the Prairie State and the Midwest, we do have an obligation to make sure that soil is able to continue to do what it does. We've added a lot of technology, seed varieties, fertilization practices, and in Illinois, I can remember vividly driving on Highway 66 toward St. Louis in the springtime and seeing farm homes and buildings on the west side or the north side uh, totally black because of the soil that had uh, blown off the farmland and uh, ended up on their farm. And uh, that wouldn't happen if farmers didn't care about the wildlife and about the food and about the ingredients it takes to produce it. So that's been one of my missions in life, and I still get questions that tell me, haven't convinced everybody yet that uh, a market report in Chicago is important to uh, millions of people outside Chicago and also in the world because we do produce so much of the food that's produced on this planet. But some of the changes besides seeing black soil blown to the side of homes is the fact that farmers realize the importance of the wildlife that also makes its living from that farm and from the agricultural community. And so uh, they know what's needed. That's why farmers will leave a few rows of corn at the end of the harvest season so that wildlife will have feed to get them through the winter months and through the times when maybe they normally wouldn't get it. And they realize that that uh, the water has to be cleaned so that uh, the fish that we enjoy working on uh, is able to sustain life. And it just goes on and on and on about the people that make a living off agriculture. 
And also, of course, Orion, or visiting with, I don't know why I need to say we're visiting with Orion Samuelson. Everyone listening knows your voice. Um, also, in, in over the past decades or more, there's suddenly become a lot of money in wildlife. And landowners now recognize if they have a few deer around, that might make their property more valuable, either because someone wants to come and shoot a deer or a turkey or a duck, uh, but also it makes it more valuable because, frankly, at the end of the day, if you have those values and you decide you want to move on and sell your property, there are going to be more people involved. And, and was that true when you first started? Was was that a part of the equation? That uh, really was a part of the equation, but for a few people. Uh, you know, since that time, a lot of farmers have realized that with the uh, farmland they own and the animals and the birds and the fish, that that is an attraction to people who don't have that universe every day. And so they have found farms who uh, open up for hunting, for fishing, and and it becomes a profitable business, and uh, they are fully aware of that. And I think that that's one of the important reasons why when uh, farm people have to sell the farm because of a change in uh, their lifestyle, that they sometimes get a lot of attractive buyers from the city who are looking for a place where they can go fishing, where they can go hunting, and enjoy the great outdoors. And that's why farmers, as I said, will leave uh, rows of corn during the winter season after the harvest has ended so that it will attract wildlife. And uh, I remember as a kid, my two uncles owned a farm that had a trout stream on it. And that's where I learned to fish. I would, uh, on trout opening day uh, for the uh, season in Wisconsin, I'd make it sure that uh, I was on the farm of my uncles who taught me how to fish. Well, Orion, this is just so glorious talking with you. Let's take a very quick break. When we come back, I have two sort of questions for you, for those of you listening. Orion, one is, how much have agricultural land values, do you think, gone up over the over the time you've been doing this? Uh, and the second is, what are the chances that agriculture is really going to be a part of growing grass and doing things, if it is, to sequester carbon, and how will farmers, do you think, be compensated for that, if, if they are? So can you stand by, Orion? And we'll be I will stand by. Wonderful. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. 
So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Thank you for being with me this morning and thank you, Orion Samuelson, for being my guest. I know you've it must be awfully hard, Orion, for you to, after all these years to say, I'm not going into the studio every morning, or in last year with COVID, I'm not sitting in a chair every morning to talk to people all over the Midwest, but you're kind to take the time to talk to me this morning, and I can guarantee you the, far, the farmers and all of us across the Midwest and WGN miss hearing your voice every single day. But, Orion, let me, let me ask you, when you started in this business, what what do you think the yields were on a corn in a field of corn in Illinois, and what do you think the cost of that land was? Well, I know the uh, yield of the land that I grew up on because I grew up on a 200-acre farm in western Wisconsin, and uh, I can remember when our annual yield of corn per acre was at about 70 five bushels. Today, I think the uh, corn growing champion this year came up with a yield of over 216 bushels per acre. And that's really because of the better quality of land, because farmers uh, understand the value of that land. Changes in fertilizer practices, changes in seed varieties, and the ongoing research to come up with new technology that can help each acre produce more food because the world population isn't getting any smaller. It's just getting bigger. And so today we're able to produce food on that acreage a lot more than we produced when I was a kid growing up. So uh, it's uh, the farmers who say, you know, if we don't leave this better than it was or if we don't make it better than it was, then the world will suffer. And there are a lot of countries in the world that suffer even today with the technology that we've come up with. So I give farmers a lot of credit for understanding those acres. And I can't even tell you what the value of those acres would be today compared to when I was growing up. But uh, because I don't know, and it would be tough to estimate that and tough to come up with a price tag to put on it. So we, all of us, should be thankful for the market reports and the knowledge and the technology that we share with our listeners every day on radio and on the weekly television show that we do. And so uh, I'm grateful to the stations that continue to serve the agricultural community with the knowledge they need to keep doing what they're doing. Well, Orion, uh, we talk a lot about climate change, and we talk about sequestration of carbon. And, and I did a show a couple of weeks with, ago with a guy who's been involved in writing every farm bill going back to 1985. And he said, if we really want to make a dent on sequestering carbon, we need to partner with the with the American farmer because they know how to grow things, and there's nothing that sequesters carbon faster 
and better than prairie grasses. What, what do you think the future is there? Is there a future, or is our need to continue to provide a substantial amount of feed, or is there some balance? Do you think that if you and I are talking in 10 years or you're doing a farm report, do you think you're going to talk about the acres of corn planted, the acres of soybeans planted, and, and the acres of grass planted to sequester carbon? What do you think this is going? Well, I think it's going up because it has become a source of income <clears throat> for farmers to uh, provide the atmosphere with what we have to do to sequester carbon, keep it going uh, from going into the air and the air we breathe. Uh, farmers have, I would say, for the last 15 or 20 years, been attracted to sequestering carbon in the soil because of what it does not only for the climate, but also does for the soil and the ability to produce food. So you think the future is bright for farmers and those in agriculture to, to, to maybe do quite a job in helping to, to lower our carbon emissions? They're already doing that, and the more financially attractive it becomes, I think the more we'll see it, because a lot of farmers now who are sequestering uh, do that because it produces money in their pocket. We've had agribusiness companies that have realized that and that have made it attractive to uh, do what needs to be done with the carbon that goes into the air after it's produced food, and yeah, I think there's a future for that for farmers. Well, the one, we've got about a minute left, Dorian, and the one thing we know is if you ask American farmers to produce, they figure out a way how to do it. It goes back to what I talk about a lot and you have over the years. If we can work with agriculture, we get lots of results, and I, and I certainly hope that all these people who talk about global warming and, and climate change realize that if they want to work with agriculture, we're going to get some results. That's very true, and it's part of the education program that farmers and ranchers have to continue doing because so many people think that milk comes from a carton and that uh, cornflakes come from a box. And they don't realize it comes from the work of farmers and ranchers who produce the food, all sorts of food, and uh, who take care of the farmland to uh, make sure it benefits the atmosphere and the work that's still ahead of us and probably always will be because I keep getting emails saying, well, why should we in Chicago be interested in a cornfield in Iowa? And I like to tell them if they eat, they're involved in that cornfield. Orion, I must say it's been a great pleasure to have you on the air, and I sure wish that we could roll that clock back 50 years, and I know you do, when you could be back at the stockyards and doing all the fun things you did, and I could still be shooting pigeons at the stockyards. It would be great, but we're not going to do that. So let's look forward, Orion. Thank you for being with us. I so appreciate it, and I so appreciate, on behalf of all of us, everything you've done for radio with the world of agriculture. Thank you, Orion. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'm ready to visit with you anytime. Dorian Samuelson, who needs no further introduction. Thank you for listening to the Great Outdoors Show. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.